Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 3.5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to The Great Unsolved. I am your host, Alexis, and this week we are going over the very eerie disappearance of Trenny or Teresa Gibson. Before we get into it, make sure to follow at Great Unsolved on Twitter, at Great Unsolved Pod on Instagram, join our Facebook group, and like our Facebook page, both of which can be done by searching Great Unsolved on Facebook. We also have a Patreon where there are tons of Patreon-only episodes, a monthly bonus episode, which will be starting back up in September. And as you're hearing this, it is already September, so it should be up within the next two weeks. I give you a shout out when you join both on social media and the podcast. You get early access and ad-free episodes and a lot more. Joining Patreon helps me devote more time to researching and covering these unsolved cases, so I greatly appreciate it when anybody joins. So as you're hearing this, it is already September, so happy September. I am out of town, well, out of the place where I live for about a week and a half, so two of these episodes are going to be pre-recorded this one, and the one you hear next week. And I have a little bit of a weird setup because I'm still trying to figure out the new house and the echoes and all that. One of my dogs is also sitting on the couch and he's moving a lot. So if you hear that in the background, I'm very sorry. But I have some soundproofing around my mic, so we should be good there. So I originally picked the Teresa Trenny Gibson case as the bonus episode for September, but as I got into it, there was a lot more to it, and it seemed more like a full-length episode, and I thought it would be good to get out there because there are a few podcasts on it, but not as many as some other cases. I said this is more of an eerie disappearance than a just, I don't know. It's just an eerie disappearance. One, because of the way she disappeared, which we'll obviously get into. 
Another because she went missing in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which is not far from where I live. We actually moved down to Tennessee, uh, my husband and I, because I love the park so much and I love the mountains. And so learning about disappearances and murders in the park is very eerie to me. But it's kind of nice to cover these cases because I live so close I will be able to kind of walk the area where they happened. I wasn't able to do that with the case this week, but in upcoming cases, I will be able to. And I think that lends itself to a lot of what I'm talking about. If I can get an idea of the area and how easy it would have been to disappear and so on. So, Trini Gibson went missing on October 8th of 1976 from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park here in Tennessee. She was a white female, 16 at the time of disappearance, and she would be 62 now. She was 5 foot 3 inches, 115 pounds, with brown hair and green eyes. At the time she went missing, she was wearing a blue blouse, a blue and white striped sweater, a borrowed orange and brown plaid jacket, blue jeans, blue Adidas shoes, and a diamond and sapphire ring and necklace. So October 8th, 1976 was a Friday, and Trenny was going on a field trip to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Her and her class and her teacher left from Bearden Junior High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was said to be a rainy and gross day in Knoxville, with cool temps, high winds, fog, and possible snow on the horizon. Because of this, Trenny was unsure if they were still going on the field trip, so her mother brought her to school, but when Trenny found out they were still planning on going on the field trip, she ended up leaving her backpack and books in the car. This was the last time her family ever saw or heard from her. Once on the bus, the teacher, Mr. Dunlap, which was Trenny's horticulture teacher, announced to the class that they were going to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which was about an hour and a half away. No one knew until they got on the bus. And some students say others may have known, but... As of right now, no one's come forward saying they knew where they were going that day. It seemed to be a surprise until everybody got on the bus. I couldn't really find whether or not Mr. Dunlap, the teacher, had this location planned, or if even for him it was kind of a last minute, you know, we'll go to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So that's kind of unclear. I do want to state that Mr. Dunlap was new at the school this year. Just keep that in mind for later. Mr. Dunlap was the only chaperone with about 40 kids, which maybe in 76 was a little more normal. But I know when I was in school, um, even elementary school, which I think I started around 2004, there would be at least like one chaperone per 10 children. So there should have been probably around four for this field trip, especially since they were going so far away and they were going to such a large park. 
the fact that it was only Mr. Dunlap will come up later in the case as well. It is said that Trenny had never been away from home, besides school, of course, for a whole day. So this was a pretty big deal for her. Her family was fairly strict. It said she didn't really even do sleepovers, and she was just always with her family. So going an hour and a half away without her family was a very new thing to Trenny. Trenny and her older brother were very close. I think he had just graduated high school the year before, so they were about two years apart, I believe, because I believe, I have it somewhere in here, but I think Trenny was a junior in high school at this time. So Trenny's brother asked his friend Robert, who was in Trenny's horticulture class, therefore he was going on the field trip as well, but he was a senior, so he was about a year older than Trenny herself. Anyway, Trenny's brother asked him to look after her, and this is who she borrowed the jacket from that she went missing in. And this is the orange and brown plaid jacket. Since no one knew where they were going for this field trip until they got on the bus, Trenny had not brought a jacket, and she was getting cold. So Robert, being asked to look after her, gave her his jacket. After the hour and a half drive, the bus parked at Klingman's Dome lot, where the bus driver stayed with the bus. And it is said this was fairly common for the school district at this time. So once again, Mr. Dunlap was the only chaperone with this group of students. He told the students that they were supposed to hike to Andrews Bald and back by 3.30 p.m. This was a one and a half hour hike one way, so it would turn out to be about three hours. They were not allowed to take any side trails or pick anything up, which makes total sense in this situation. They were just supposed to look at the plants and try and learn a bit about the Smoky Mountains Park. Mr. Dunlap, being the only chaperone, hiked with various groups of students, but not with students all at once, because different students and different groups were hiking at different paces throughout the day. Dunlap says he stayed toward the back of the group to make sure there weren't any stragglers on the way up and make sure everyone was headed back to the bus at the right time. The hike started at around 12 p.m., and Trenny and Robert hiked together and ate lunch on the way up. At around 1.30-ish, they were at Andrew's Bald, and it seems Trenny left without Robert to start to head back to the lot. Robert would later say he went to track a bear, which is why he didn't go back with Trenny. And all the podcasts I listened to about this... And um, the one kind of expert on this case, she has a website called Canadian Girl, G-U-R-L, and she has looked into this case for 17 years, I believe, and she just knows a lot about it. Uh, She said this was a bullshit excuse, which obviously you can kind of conclude it was. First of all, you're a teenager. Why are you tracking a bear? How are you tracking a bear? There would not be a bear that close to a heavily populated trail. Also, you have no weapons. Why would you go after a bear anyway? 
It just doesn't make any sense at all. It was stated later by many classmates that Trenny was hiking past them back towards the lot at a fairly fast pace. Now, we could look at that as she was hiking away from something. She was trying to get away from something, so she was going very quickly. Or we can look at it as, you know, she just wanted to walk fast. I don't know. It doesn't really strike me as that odd. She could have just wanted to get back to the bus. Maybe she was getting tired and she was like, you know what? I have to walk back anyway. Let's do this fast so I can rest. A lot of people focus on her walking fast, but I don't think it is a huge deal in this case. Lending itself to my idea that it's not a huge deal is the reports from students say that she was not acting strange. She just wanted to keep going. One group says she stopped a bit ahead of them, looked to the right, crouched down, and then stepped off the trail to the right. This was the last time she was seen, at around 2.45 or 3 p.m., even though she was near a lot of people at the time, which is fairly consistent with missing 411 cases where people seem to disappear into thin air when surrounded by multiple people. One classmate did say that after her group stopped and kept going, she looked around where Trenny stepped off and thought it was really weird that Trenny would step off here as there was nothing there. It was said to be rocky and slick because there was a creek and you know the weather was terrible, so it didn't seem like a good place for someone to step off the trail, even if they just had to go to the bathroom. Growing a business brings pressure. It's not easy to maintain momentum and still keep employees engaged. Fortunately, there's Insperity. Their scalable HR solutions help me with hiring, training, HR administration, and compliance while giving my employees competitive benefit options. When my people are able to thrive, my business can adapt and prosper. With Insperity, nothing seems impossible. Insperity, HR that makes a difference. The classmate called for Trenny around that area, but saw and heard nothing. And from my understanding, this was not too long after Trenny had stepped off the side. So you would think that Trenny would still be able to hear this girl calling her. At 3.30 p.m., when they're all back on the bus and they start doing attendance, it is discovered that Trenny is missing. Mr. Dunlap sends Danny, a student, up the trail to search while he went to search Double Springs. He thought maybe Trenny had gone on the wrong trail on purpose or accident. There was a trail in the area she went missing that loops around to Double Springs. However, he could not find her and Danny could not find her. By 4 p.m., he called the National Park Service and sent the bus with the other children back to school. By 4.30 p.m., the National Park Service had gotten out there and started to search for Trenny, but did not find anything. They searched until 3 a.m. and still found nothing. It's said that it got into the 30s last night, which is not great for someone who is out in the woods and not dressed correctly. The Gibson family, specifically Trenny's uncles and their dogs, as well as real tracking dogs, and law enforcement went to search on Saturday, August 9th, 
1976. On this day, which was the day after Trini went missing, a beer can and three cigarette butts were found near where she stepped off the trail. They are not proven to be related, but it is an interesting fact. Dogs that were several different dogs of different breeds all followed Trenny's scent from the base of Klingman's Dome Tower to where she disappeared to Collins Gap, which was 1.6 miles away from the trail they were on. And they followed her scent to a paved road, and in the middle of the paved road, it disappeared. This points toward Trenny getting in a car. And a lot of the podcasts I listened to were done by the two guys who did the Missing Mara Murray podcast. And they pointed out that this is very similar to her case, obviously years apart, but it's theorized that Mara could have gotten in a car because her scent disappeared in the middle of the road. And that is the general theory with both law enforcement and people like myself When a scent disappears in the road, it means the person got into something. In a search report, it was only mentioned in one, supposedly. I'm going off of what Laura, the kind of expert uh, civilian on the case, said. She said that Mr. Dunlap reported that he saw small-sized shoe prints that matched Trenny's a half a mile in on the Appalachian Trail. We'll get into that a little more later. And searching continued until October 22nd, when it was scaled down to a limited search until November 2nd, when I believe it pretty much stopped on the law enforcement side of things. So I just have a few oddities that I want to go over. The Knoxville PD got a call within a week of Trenny's disappearance, claiming that Trenny had been raped and stabbed at Abrams Creek, and where Abrams Creek uh, connects to West Bog is where her body is. However, these two things, Abrams Creek and West Bog, do not intersect. So could the caller have been confused, or were they looking at something else? I didn't get the specifics, but if you go listen to the Missing podcast, there are five or six episodes on the Trenny Gibson case, and they talk about this a little more. They say that there was, I believe, a West Bog Trail or something along those lines that did intersect with Abrams Creek, so they thought maybe it would be that and the person was confused or... The receiver didn't get the right information, or something along those lines. This was an area that was a few miles away away from where Trenny went missing, so it is plausible that something happened to her in this area, but from what I could find, nothing was ever found. Laura, the expert civilian on this case, said she got an email saying Robert worked with Kelvin. We'll get into Kelvin Bowman in just a few minutes, but this email said Robert and Kelvin worked together, and he stalked her, or he stalled her, and was a diversion while Kelvin harmed her, which 
would kind of explain his bullshit story about tracking a bear. If he was trying to create an alibi, that would be not really a good way to do it, but a way to do it. One other thing I want to bring up is that Trini's mom wasn't notified she was missing for five hours. So they figured out she was missing at 3.30. So we can assume Trini's mom found out around 8.30, which just is not great because obviously the first few hours matter the most. And if the family would have known sooner, they could have gotten out there and started helping sooner. So let's get into the theories. And there are tons of theories. It'll probably take up just as much time as going over the case did, which is why I thought this would be a good public episode rather than a Patreon episode, because I would love to hear people's theories on what theory they kind of think is the most plausible, because I'm between quite a few. So Laura Rist, who was the one I've been mentioning that's been looking at the case for 17 years, has her own theory. It doesn't have everything tied up neatly, but here it is. She thinks Trenny was killed the same day she went missing. She believes that Trenny was lured off the trail by someone in the woods when she ducked off the trail, but she believes it had to have been someone that Trenny knew. If she didn't know them, she would not have followed them. Once again, Trenny was kind of in a sheltered household. She was very strict with her rules. Well, her parents were very strict with the rules, so she didn't seem like somebody who would follow a stranger. She also seemed to be someone who, despite the strict rules and stuff, had a good head on her shoulders. She wouldn't just follow a random person into the woods because, really, who would? So, Trenny believes, or Laura believes, Trenny, the person who lured Trenny off the trail, knew she liked certain plants and told her they found some, or told her they found some baby animals, or something like that that Trenny would want to go and see. So that is why she would go off the trail, even when the teacher said not to. Laura also believes it is possible that Trenny's body is still in the park. She says that for a while, she didn't believe this. She thought Trenny had to have been taken out of the park. But, I mean, it's a huge park. So it would make sense that even if her body was in the park maybe even fairly close to where she went missing, it would never be found because it is just a huge park. It's a national park, so it's impossible to search each and every spot within the park. It is most widely thought that foul play occurred. So let's look at a few different scenarios where the foul play could have been what happened. We're going to first look at Robert Simpson. The guy who was told to look after Trenny, it's her brother's friend, he was a senior at the school, and she went missing in his coat. So he hiked up with Trenny and knew her well, as he was friends with her brother. So Trenny hikes back fastly, past other groups alone, and Robert is unaccounted for this entire time until he got to the bus at 3.30 p.m., once again, Robert says he was tracking a bear, but that seems like a terrible excuse and something he would not have done 
let alone anybody would have done. Robert shows up to the bus at 3.30 p.m., breathing pretty heavily, and it's said he was more of a heavyset teenager, so could have just been he doesn't often walk that far, or he doesn't walk as fast as he needed to to get back to the bus at the right time. But if he was walking fast, that could also suggest he had something that took up a lot of his time in between disappearing and showing up at the bus. When he is told that Trenny is missing, he seems pretty annoyed and not concerned. And I could see this two ways. Either he's annoyed that people are worried about her, like, oh, she's fine, like, why are you worried? And that could point towards him doing something, or he could be annoyed and think like, oh, she probably went to go see like an animal she saw or some plant and she got lost. Like, what an idiot. Like, because I've been in both those situations. Well, obviously I didn't, I haven't killed anyone. So I haven't been in both those situations. But I can kind of relate to being annoyed that somebody did something where they got themselves hurt or got themselves lost because you're concerned but most of the time you're just like, why they do that? They knew they shouldn't have done that. Why they do that? So I can see that both ways. It is said he never really talked to authorities either. And at one point he went into the Gibson home and screened calls and made statements for them when he wasn't asked to, which is very odd to me. Um, maybe he was just trying to be helpful but it kind of seems invasive to do that. And I mean, he had access to the home. He was friends with the brother. So it's not weird that he answered the phone, but the fact that he was kind of their publicity person without being asked to is really odd to me. It is said he also had a crush on Trenny. His father was the Knoxville district attorney, which could lend itself to helping him out if he did do something. Once again, this is all alleged. These are just theories. Nothing has been proven. Also, Trenny's comb was found in his car after she went missing. She always kept this comb in her right pocket, and she kind of treasured it. So it's odd that he had it altogether. Some people believe that Robert made an advance on Trenny because he had a crush on her. And that is why she left alone and walked fast. She didn't want Robert to catch up. She didn't want to talk to him. You know, Robert was mad that she wasn't interested and ended up luring her off the trail and killed her because she did not accept his advance. That is one theory that many people think could have been plausible. Another theory has to do with the person who left the beer there and the three cigarette butts. When searching Saturday, the day after she went missing, a beer can, about half a can of beer, and three cigarette butts were found near the area where Trenny was said to have stepped off the trail. The beer was fresher. Um, You could still smell it. I don't really know how long... It would have had to sit there for you not to smell it, but that's something that people pointed out. It was the same brand of cigarettes that were found periodically along the trail to Klingman's Dome this same day. 
However, lots of students smoked that were on the trip, including Robert. So this could have been one of the students or possibly a stranger. So the stranger could have been watching Trenny, saw her see them. Sorry, that got a little confusing. It could have seen her, Trenny, see them off the trail. They could have called her out took the opportunity, or was planning on taking someone, and abducted and killed her. However, she probably would not have gone towards a stranger, is what many people close to her said. Another theory with this beer and cigarette butts is that a classmate could have been caught by Trenny drinking and killed her to cover it up, or planned on luring Trenny out and killing her. Now, getting caught drinking seems like not a great reason to kill someone. It seems a little bit of an overreaction, but we've seen an overreaction with much less, and it is a very plausible theory. So we're going to dive into the idea that the classmates either knew more than they should have or did something to her. It seems like although many classmates were close, when Trini went missing, no one really saw anything besides her stepping off the trail. There were a lot of classmates that would not talk to police. Trenny's mom has also gotten threats, saying if she doesn't stop, the same thing will happen to her that happened to Trenny. No, it's not said who these threats were from, but it seems like somebody knows something. It's said when classmates were interviewed, the ones who would talk to police, they seemed like they were hiding things. And... Trini's jewelry was found in possession of a classmate. It is reported that Trini may have given her jewelry to someone when she went into the bathroom, but the person she supposedly gave it to was not the person who was later known to have it after Trini went missing. The girl in possession of her jewelry refused to say how she got the jewelry and never gave it back to the mother. Whether you did something or not, it's just kind of being a shitty person to not give the jewelry back to the missing child's mother. Like, that might be the only thing they have from their daughter that their daughter wore all the time, and you're just keeping it. That's kind of dumb. But also, I feel like police should have intervened at that point and taken the jewelry from her to confirm it was the same jewelry, Or, you know, something along those lines. It's odd to me that police never went for this girl with the jewelry. One student was said to have injuries after Trenny went missing. So here is the few theories that go with multiple classmates doing something. Group of students, or one student, possibly the one with the jewelry, once again, just a theory, killed her to get the jewelry or to cover up something they were doing. A group or one of the students saw an accident happen that killed Trenny or accidentally killed her themselves and covered it up to this day because they were scared and now it's turned into a whole thing, which we've seen that as well. However, if it was a group, this is a lot of people to keep one secret. Normally, somebody cracks, especially if they are all teenagers. You don't think all these teenagers could keep the secret for 40 years, 
about another theory having to do with foul play is that she was hitchhiking and it went wrong or she got abducted from the road. Trini's scent disappears in a road, suggesting at that point she got in a car. She could have gotten in a car to be taken back to where the bus was because she got lost and she didn't know where she was, but the person had ill intentions. Or Trini got to this road on accident, once again she got lost, and someone saw and grabbed her. Or one theory that we'll get into later is running away. And Trenny could have tried to run away, hitchhiked, and this person ended up hurting her. So now to Mr. Dunlap, the only adult who was on the trip besides the bus driver, but the bus driver had to stay with the bus, and the only person who knew where they were going, supposedly, until they got on the bus that day. He hung out with students on weekends, which is odd. There is a fine line between being a good teacher who kind of befriends their students and helps them on weekends or things like that, and a creepy teacher who hangs out with students on weekends and is just essentially some kind of pedophile. And it's kind of unclear why he hung out with students on weekends, but I don't believe it was the latter. I believe he was a teacher who wanted to help his students and wanted to befriend his students. He was near a nervous breakdown after this disappearance happened. Once again, we can look at this two ways. Maybe he felt responsible, he was so worried something happened to Trini on his watch, or he knew what happened to Trini and he was very nervous he was going to get caught. The same year Trini went missing, which was the same year Mr. Dunlap started working at that school, he ended up quitting. And then him and his wife moved to Oregon soon after. However, he was supposedly cleared by police, so I don't have any specific theories to get into here. Those were just a few things worth noting about Mr. Dunlap. So now back to Kelvin Bowman. This was a classmate who seemingly had a thing for Trenny. A year before, he attempted to break into her home very drunk and take Trenny from the home. But Trenny's mom shot him in the foot. He did try to drag Trenny out at one point and eventually made remarks that he would hurt Trenny and the family when he was healed from the gunshot and out of jail. Obviously, because of this traumatic experience, Trenny was scared of Kelvin, and it is said he kind of harassed her at school. So one theory is that he followed the bus that day, lured Trenny off the trail, took her to a car, took her somewhere, and killed her. He was doing what he wanted to, but didn't get to when he broke in. Some students say they were followed by Kelvin that day. They believed his car was behind them, and they believed he followed them to the National Park. Some problems with this are that he was probably looked at by police. The principal also says Kelvin was at school, but the school didn't often take attendance, so it was kind of easy to slip away during the day. That is all for our theories of foul play. 
So let's look into the runaway theories. One is that Trenny had a secret boyfriend. Now, Trenny was allowed to date because she was 16, but it said she didn't have a boyfriend or, you know, her parents at least did not know about a boyfriend. So this theory is that she had a secret boyfriend who followed her to the national park, waited for her, and picked her up where her scent ended. They planned to run away together and found a perfect opportunity. However, Trenny didn't know where they were going until she got on the bus. So this guy would have had to sit in his car and wait and follow the bus all the way an hour and a half to the national park. Also, it would just be kind of hard because Trenny didn't know if the field trip was still on when she got to school. So it would have been very last minute at this point. Another problem is where or who is this guy? He's never been mentioned if he was real and there's never been any trace, you know, It's just not that plausible. Another theory is that she ran away simply because her family was too strict. However, she never talked about this with anyone. It didn't seem planned for her to go disappearing because she didn't have anything with her. She didn't have money, extra clothes. She didn't even have her own jacket. Trenny brought, yeah, she brought nothing with her. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. We've seen people disappear with less, but for a girl who grew up in a strict household, I feel like she would have done more planning if she was going to do this. Now, our last category is natural death, which the issue with all of these is her body has never been found and no trace of her has ever been found, including her clothes, her scent anywhere else, anything like that. So she could have gotten lost. Something, maybe an animal or a plant, got her attention. She went off the path, got lost, and succumbed to the elements. It got into the 30s that night, and it was only getting colder because it was October. So this could happen fairly fast. Another theory, as with all missing 411 cases, and any case that happens in the forest, is an animal attack. Something got her attention, she went off the path, got attacked and killed, or gravely injured, and didn't make it back. However, no one heard anything, and generally with animal attacks, there's something left behind. A scrap of clothing, blood, pieces of the body, you know, it's possible that nothing was left behind, but you would think you would hear something then. And if... The animal just injured her. Once again, her body probably would have been found by now because she wouldn't have made it that far. Unless, of course, the animal dragged her somewhere, like far away, and that's why they never found her. It's possible an accident also happened. Something got her attention. She went off the path. She fell, broke a bone, something else, and she ended up dying. But once again body has never been found. Now, that's all the theories, and I am most likely to believe that Robert Simpson had something to do with it. This is alleged. It's, you know, nothing's ever been proven, and he's innocent to this day, but just his whole day seems suspicious. He went up with Trenny, but didn't go back with her. He was unaccounted for for two hours about, 
he says he was tracking a bear. He got back to the bus with like no time left. He was breathing heavy. He was annoyed Trenny got lost or wasn't there. And it just seems odd. But there's nothing, there's no concrete forensic evidence pointing to this. So I would love to hear all of your thoughts on what theory is most plausible in your mind. So before we end, make sure to follow us at Great Unsolved on Twitter, at Great Unsolved Pod on Instagram, join our Facebook group and like our Facebook page, both of which can be done by searching Great Unsolved on Facebook. A new bonus episode will be up this month in Patreon, so make sure to join there, where you also get early and ad-free access to the normal episodes. Once again, joining Patreon helps me devote more time to researching and covering these unsolved cases. So thank you for going through the case of Trenny Gibson with me. Please let me know your thoughts and feelings on the different theories and just stay safe. Obtén los precios más bajos de la temporada en Macy's en todo lo que necesitas para la primavera. Como un 50-60% menos en trajes, blazers y pantalones de sus diseñadores favoritos. Compra más, ahorra más durante la gran venta de zapatos. Recibe un 40% menos con dos o más pares, 30% con un par. Y ahorra un 30-70% en joyas finas durante nuestra gran venta de diamantes. Además, descarga la aplicación de Macy's gratis hoy por aún más precios más bajos de la temporada. Ahorro sobre precios en oferta y liquidación aplican excepciones.